Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, as now and ever shall be, world without end. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 126, 127, and 130, beginning on page 505. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, then were we like unto them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with joy. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. Yea, the Lord hath done great things for us already, whereof we rejoice. Turn our captivity, O Lord, as the rivers in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth now on his way weeping, and beareth forth good seed, shall doubtless come again with joy, and bring his sheaves with him. Psalm 127 Except the Lord build the house, their labor is but lost that buildeth. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is but lost labor that ye haste to rise up early, and so late take rest, and eat the bread of carefulness, for so he giveth his beloved sheep. Lo, children and the fruit of the womb are in heritage and gift that cometh of the Lord. Like as the arrows in the hand of a giant, even so are the young children. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Psalm 130 Out of the deep have I called unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. O let thine ears consider well the voice of my complaint. 
If thou, Lord, wilt be extreme to mark what is done amiss, O Lord, who may abide it? For there is mercy with thee, therefore shalt thou be feared. I look for the Lord, my soul doth wait for him, in his word is my trust. My soul fleeth unto the Lord before the morning watch, I say, before the morning watch. O Israel, trust in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his sins. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 54th verse of the first chapter of the first apocryphal book of Mecca. Now on the 15th day of Chislev, in the 145th year, they erected a desolating sacrilege upon the altar of a whole burnt offering. They also built altars in the surrounding cities of Judah and burnt incense at the doors of the houses and in the streets. Books of the law that they found there, they tore to pieces and burned with fire. For the book of the covenant was found in the possession of anyone, or if anyone adhered to the law, the decree of the king condemned him to death. They kept using violence against Israel, against those found month after month in the cities. And on the 25th day of the month, they offered sacrifice on the altar that was upon the altar of the whole burnt offering. According to the decree, they put to death the women who had their children circumcised, and their families and those who circumcised them, and they hung the infants from their mother's neck. But many in Israel stood firm and were resolved in their hearts not to eat unclean food. They chose to die rather than to be defiled by food or profane the holy covenant, and they did die, and very great wrath came upon Israel. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their homes. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the sixth verse of the sixteenth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. Now when they had gone through Phrygia in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So by pass passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. The man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, 
Immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia upon. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made. We sat down and spoke to the women who met there. A certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joy. O Lord, save thy people. Bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, the protector of all that trust in thee, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy. Increase and multiply upon us thy mercy, that thou being our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we finally lose not the things eternal. Grant this, O Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Eternal God, through whose mighty power our fathers won their liberties of old, grant we beseech thee that we and all the people of this land may have grace to maintain these liberties in righteousness and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, 
may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, all. Happy Independence Day. We start our uh, meditation tonight with the Psalms. We get a rare opportunity to consider a triptych of Psalms, um, which all of which, you know, are meant to be seen together as kind of viewed as a, as a combined meditation. Um, and 126 and 127 uh, combined with 130 give us a, a, in a true sense, I think, a triptych, where the centerpiece is really the help, thing that helps to make sense of both what comes before and after. And in 127, what do we see, you know, this, this you know, remembrance at the beginning, uh, unless the Lord build the house, the labors do but spend their work in vain. Um, this is a meditation that's common throughout the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, particularly um, in reflecting on it is the Lord who grants substance and stability to things. Um, and that uh, without him, or if he is, if he is not, um, if he is not the upholder of the, of any, of something, it is going to be dissolved. It, it can, you know, it is by the word of his power that he calls forth creation from the formless and void and gives it shape and purpose. Um, and without that word continually upholding and sustaining it, it can only do, uh, it can only return to what it was. And so this is a meditation on, on the, um, the relation of labor and prayer ultimately that um, God is not someone to invoke as the, as, the, as the veneer to kind of put on the, on the finished product there. He is rightly the cornerstone. He is the one um, who is the architect, the blueprint, uh, and the cornerstone uh, of, the, uh, of, the, of the work. And if he is not, then it is, it is going to have a fatal flaw in it that will bring it down. We look at 126 on the one hand and 130 on the other, and these are both meditations on um, that are almost nostalgic in a way. Um, they, they're, they're definitely melancholic and reflective on, um, on a time when, you know, on times when the Lord has uh, mightily delivered. Um, and 126 is a, is a meditation on that uh, as, a, as an inspiration to continue in hope um, when, uh, when under affliction. Um, the, this 126 is a captivity psalm, um, and it reflects this idea of um, this idea of when the you know when the Lord turns the captivity of of Zion, right? When the Lord turns the captivity that had befallen the people of the Southern Kingdom, um, you know, it was so marvelous. It was like you know it was something we'd only dreamed about, only that could be dreamed about. Um, and and so it, it's a the, the psalm reflects on the Lord has done mighty things for us in the past. And the Lord is bringing to pass this new mighty thing. And we read in the prophetic literature, particularly in the final chapters of Isaiah, that this is exactly what is intended for the people, um, that this is going to be the thing that happens. Um, and so there is a both the, the a realism surrounding the suffering of affliction and also a remembrance that inspires hope to endure and persevere to the end of that affliction. Um, and the and the and the you know the assurance that those who sow in tears shall reap in joy, um, that this affliction is is a temporary thing. And it is you know as we read in our epistle lesson from Romans eight this last Sunday at mass that the you know that the this brief momentary affliction is not worthy to be compared um, with the you know the 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 the, the surpassing weight of glory that awaits. Um, as we, of course, reflect on 130, we look at this again, this, this psalm of, of 
beginning in the depths, you know, of, you know, in this, in this one, there's less of a wistfulness and more of a desperation we might detect here that out of the depths have I called unto you, O oh Lord, Lord, hear my voice. The depths are, you know, a poetic idiom in the Psalter that reflect both a, a period of sort of like of disfavor and disconsolation, a period of, of being dismantled in some way. And yet at the same time, this is also a reflection ultimately of that formless and void um, that was at the beginning, as we recall from Genesis 1, the spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep or the depths. Um, and out of that, God spoke to bring forth life. You know, he brought forth light and then life and gave it and created the cosmos. And so 130 is a reflection of the, you know, the need for recreation in the midst of the, of, in the midst of affliction and the, the, the need to be remade again. So what we see in this triptych here is really the centrality of God, um, who upholds anything that holds together. Um, and the, those things that endure in faithfulness are the things he continues to hold together. And it's important for us to remember that, that, you know, things don't have, you know, autonomous properties of holding togetherness that keep them together. It is either, you know, they either endure in, in a faithful relationship with God or they go the way of all flesh that is, you know, severed from that life-giving connection. They disintegrate, they are dismantled and, and they, they return to the dust and to the formless and void again. And so what we see in, you know, we, this, is a, this is a timely meditation through which to enter into our two um, lessons from Maccabees and Acts tonight, because you see this on display, um, this relationship of faithfulness uh, in the afflicted who call out to God. Um, if, you know, in the Maccabees lesson, you know, we'll recall that the oppressors of the people in First Maccabees are the Seleucids. Um, they're the Seleucid Empire, which is a faction of the former Macedonian Empire that was founded by Alexander the Great. And Seleucus I, one of his generals, was the one who founded, um, who sort of sets up the, what will become the Seleucid Empire. And so uh, it's significant uh, to to think about that in combination with Acts 16, because um, you have in Maccabees 1, the Seleucids and the Seleucids um, who are borrowing power from the Macedonian Empire and have marshaled all of its resources. They are wielding that sort of fragmented empire's might against uh, the people of God and are desecrating their temple and putting them to death for worshiping and holding fast to the covenant. And then we fast forward a few hundred years, and what is happening is that this uh, former Pharisee, uh, who you know is a descendant of the re the resistance um, from First Maccabees, the, re the rebellion that will start up in chapter two, are the ancestors of the Pharisee movement, out of whom comes Saint Paul, who then is sent northward out of Jerusalem, which had been oppressed, to go and to bring the gospel to Macedon to the empire that gave life to the Seleucids who had persecuted his ancestors. And now he is going to proclaim the gospel of the Lordship of Jesus Christ to that very empire that once upon a time had fed the power hunger of Antiochus Epiphanes, the king who had, who had, who had, um, who had desecrated uh, the ancient temple. So you see in this, again, that, that triptych on display, that empires loom large, they rise and they fall. And you see in this, ultimately, that long, steady faithfulness of God on display that whereas his people suffered that brief, that temporal affliction, in the end, the, the Lord, the King Jesus, the anointed King of Israel, is the one who conquers mighty Macedon. And that is the end game of, 
of all human history that it, all empire is really a pre is a is a is 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 conditioned by the fact that the lordship of jesus uh reigns over all he is the king of kings and the lord of lords and so what we take from this tonight is that in our own afflictions you know we have to echo that that the sentiment of psalm 126 those who sow in tears and reap in joy uh and that psalmist in 130 right my soul flees unto the Lord before the morning watch, before the earliest hour of the day, before the sun begins to dawn, before there is even light to discern the way. That is when I am still seeking the Lord. I begin seeking him in the darkness so that when the light does come, then I will be, I will, I will be on my way. I will already be found seeking him out. And so that's a, that's a call for us to return to that seeking out this evening. Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, who has given us this good land for our heritage, we humbly beseech thee that we may always prove ourselves a people mindful of thy favor and glad to do thy will. Bless our land with honorable industry, sound learning, and pure manners. Save us from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogancy, and from every evil way. Defend our liberties and fashion into one united people the multitudes brought hither out of many kindreds and tongues. And do with the spirit of wisdom those to whom in thy name we entrust the authority of government, that there may be justice and peace at home, and that through obedience to thy law we may show forth thy praise among the nations of the earth. In the time of prosperity, fill our hearts with thankfulness, and in the day of trouble, suffer not our trust in thee to fail. All which we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight, and thanks to Joel, my co-leader tonight. Hope you all have a wonderful evening, and happy Fourth of July. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father Hayden. Thank, Thank you, you so happy, much. Happy, happy, happy Fourth, everybody.